You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on the Pet Life Radio Network. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansard, and today is going to be a great show. Thank you for joining us. We've got a trio of incredible guests for you today who are so passionate about animal welfare. Up first is one of the true power couples out there impacting change for the world of animals, John Paul and Eloise DeJoria. And in the third segment of our show, we'll feature one of the world's biggest advocates for cats, Dr. Patricia Olson, who serves as American Humane Association's Chief Veterinary Advisor. And listeners, did you know that in just a few short days, we'll be celebrating Love Your Pet Day. It's true, February 20th is the day when we should all hug our four-legged friends just a little tighter. You know, I have three dogs and two cats, and we've talked about my animal family uh, a lot on this show, and I do miss them so much whenever I'm traveling on the road on behalf of American Humane. And the first thing I do when I get home from a long trip is to hug them. Hug them and let them know how much I love them. And if you're near your animal family on the 20th of February, I encourage you to reach out to them and give them a hug and let them know that you do love them. And be sure to let us know as well. Send in your favorite stories and I'll read the best ones on the air in the weeks ahead. Email your stories about hugging your dog or your cat on Love Your Pet Day at Show at AmericanHumane.org. Again, Show at AmericanHumane.org and we'll celebrate those special stories in the weeks ahead. You know, today... We're all about sharing the importance of pets in our lives and really about how it is to be humane. You know, since 1877, everything American Humane Association has done has been rooted in sound, humane research and science. And our studies have really led the way in helping to prevent abuse, neglect, and cruelty to children and animals in our country. And two years ago, we really expanded our humane research offerings by unveiling our brand new Animal Welfare Research Institute. This research institute is exploring the power of the human-animal bond, which is something we celebrate every day. And we know that this is the cornerstone to really building more humane communities. You know, our research indicates that of the 117 million households in this country, only 46 million households own a dog and 38 million own a cat. And as you can see, there are a number of households in our country that don't have any pets. So two years ago, we set out to find why. And thanks to a generous support and funding from PetSmart Charities, we published two humane research reports of a comprehensive pet retention study. The goal of our first study was to find out why many Americans are not pet parents and to find out whether or not they were going to be open to possible pet parenting in the future. And, you know, we found something that's not too surprising to many of us in the humane movement. You know, there are barriers to pet ownership, including the associated cost, perceived lack of time to care for an animal, and importantly, the grief over the loss of a previous pet. You know, these barriers to pet ownership, you know, I often like to turn those around and I like to ask, what is the cost of not having a pet in our homes? 
I think that's the next question we need to explore. Phase two of our pet retention study also looked at people who had recently adopted pets from shelters to find out where those pets are now. Our research indicated that one out of 10 of these pets are no longer in the homes that adopted them. And that equals hundreds of thousands of animals each year that had been adopted through a shelter but were no longer in those homes just a few short months later. Some had been returned to shelters or worse, left out on the streets to fend for themselves. We're hopeful that the outcomes of this type of humane research will help us to get more pets in forever homes and out of our shelters. And you know... It's important for all of us who are wanting to be humane to recognize that in this country, we still euthanize 4 million healthy and adoptable pets each year. You know, that's tragic, and we're doing everything we can to drastically lower those staggering numbers and get our wonderful animals in forever homes. And that's what it is, really, to be humane. You know, together we'll continue to seek answers for these commonly stated reasons for relinquishing pets. And, you know, it's important for us to realize that sometimes people aren't able to open up their hearts and their homes for a new beloved four-legged family member because of the loss of that childhood pet and how that affects them into adulthood. One of our humane research studies explored the fact that 45% of adults told us that the loss of of their childhood pet still impacts them well into adulthood. So grief is an important part of this. Well, if you're listening to the show, I'm sure you're a pet parent, and you probably have countless stories about how your pets have brightened your lives. And again, I'd love to share some of these stories on our show in the future, so be sure to email your tales to BeHumaneRadioShow at AmericanHumane.org. You know, I could spend all day sharing with you the humane research initiatives that we're doing, particularly the research with the power of the human-animal bond, but I want us to spend time with our very special guest. When we come back, we'll be chatting with two rock stars in the animal welfare world and one of the leading scientists. Again, this is Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert on Pet Life Radio, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T-S. A simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
Well, welcome back to Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert, and I'm now joined by one of the biggest and most passionate advocates for animal welfare that I know, who's here today to talk about a very special challenge that'll be happening in 2014. John Paul DeJoria is the co-founder and CEO of Paul Mitchell Systems, one of the world's leading hair care companies, and a few years ago, he introduced his new John Paul Pet line of high-quality pet products, and I know you're also here, John Paul, with John John Capra to here today to yes. discuss the million pet adoption. That's so exciting. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. And it is very exciting. My gosh, if I go back to the early days when we started uh, Paul Mitchell Salon Hair Care back in 1980, we were the first to ever go out there and say, we're not going to test on animals. We're going to test on ourselves. There's no need to test on animals. We'll do it in our own eyes instead of an animal's eye. You know, make sure it's good. Well, in those days, what we were doing was saving animals from being destroyed in these laboratories unnecessarily. Well, and that worked. It worked really well, by the way. We helped change the industry around. However, today we look at the whole world, let alone our nation, the United States, and see how many of those wonderful souls are in these great animals that just want to give out love that need to be adopted. So we're very excited about it for personal reasons. And at the same time, especially John Paul Pett, we feel that it's our obligation to give back to the industry that we support and all living souls involved with that industry, whether they're customers or not. And that's what we're all about. And, you know, John Camper, maybe you can explain a little bit of this big, some of our partners uh, on this project we're doing this year on the One Million Adoptions. Okay. Uh, yes, John Paul, it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you, Doctor. And I just wanted to share, as I was telling you, we, we have uh, started a, uh, a launching our campaign with One Million Pet Adoption Challenge. And what it is basically is connecting rescues and shelters with retailers, helping place pets into loving homes. And, and this is our goal, is to help alleviate the problems of pets being uh, euthanized when they don't have to be, only because of the public not being aware. So it's a great opportunity, and we feel really blessed to be able to do this. And we have some great partners that are helping us to achieve this, and one of them is Petco. Petco does approximately 400,000 adoptions uh, yearly. And, wow. Uh, we will be Isn't that a big number? Them. Isn't that just That's just a great number. number. Well, when you figure 4 million are adopted, and Petco Foundation is, is working with 400,000, I mean, that's how, I mean, it's 10%. It's, it's phenomenal, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, we've been blessed at, with, uh, with the opportunity to work with them uh, within their stores. They do approximately uh, 16,000 events from February through December, and we'll be working with that starting in May and helping uh, increase that number even, even more. So it's a great opportunity for us to bring this to the public make the awareness of the need for uh, pets to be rescued and pets to be adopted through your retailers, through the retailers, rather than going through puppy mills. So it just gives us an opportunity to, again, bring this to the public in a way that is a loving, caring, and a good experience. Also, by the way, contributing beauty-wise to make the pet look better. In fact, John Capron approached me on this a few months ago. I said, John, these people you're working with are brilliant. And that is that if someone wants to adopt a pet, uh, whether it be a shelter or whatever, and you have a picture of the pet on the Internet or someone they see a picture, it's usually just a picture of the pet. They don't look their best. You know, they're unhappy. They're disoriented. Some of the times they're hungry. They just don't look that good. We're helping with this project where, of course, we contribute the products. We're groom the pet to look good. So I when the pet that. goes on the internet, it's like a star. It's like a movie star on there. 
<laughs> it's like having them on the red carpet ready. I think that's wonderful. We're looking at different ways to contribute. We're looking at various ways to contribute to get pets adopted out so they have families and good places to go to. And hopefully the families and everyone's smart enough to make sure that, you know, they're, uh, that they don't continue to have babies everywhere that are unwanted. That's exactly right. And as we opened the show today, we talked about the stunning number that this country euthanizes about 4 million healthy, adoptable pets every year. And that's just such a tragic, tragic situation. So I love the fact that what you're doing this year is focusing awareness and education for this million adoption campaign. You're saving lives, and that's really what it is to be humane. I have to ask you, and I love your line of pet products. I particularly love your Instant Detangler, by the way. That keeps my Daisy looking great, so I want to thank you for that. That keeps her red carpet ready. But, you know, your campaigns are just stunning in terms of their goals. And I have to ask you, do you have pets in your life? Because truly, this comes not just from the awareness and education. I'm guessing you have a very personal tie. to Four golden retrievers. Love every one of them. In fact, when uh, Jack and Bella had a litter, we ended up saying, we got to keep two of them. You know, not oh. that we needed two more, but they were just, we just couldn't, we couldn't help it. So he gave away part of the letter and just kept two of them and then uh, made sure they didn't have any more babies. So we, feel we have four, it's plenty for us right now, and we can manage them. And we, of course, we love pets. Gosh, yes. Oh, I think that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Four golden retrievers. Now, that's just the dogs. We also have 130 exotic animals, half of them are endangered species on our ranch. We call those pets, too. Everything from Elons to Duma Gazelles to Bongos to uh, Addicts. So we have, if you look at all of our pets before, besides our four dogs, we have, we have quite a few. That is fantastic. And I've been reading about your work on uh, really making the world a better place for wildlife. And you certainly practice uh, what you're preaching on that with having 130 on your own property. That's beautiful. That yeah. really is beautiful. Yeah. You have to tell me, you have names for them, I'm sure. Oh, for our dogs, yes. You know, there's, there's Susie Q, there's Joe, and of course there's the mom, Jack and Bella. Jack, Jack and, and Bella. Bella that's a, yeah, Jack and Bella, the dad and mom. <laughs> Uh Golden Retrievers, and then we have, uh, we kept Susie Q and Joe. We kept those two. So we have Susie and Joe that we kept. That's wonderful. I love that. Going. And then I, and I can't name the 130 exotic animals <laughs> because we don't have a name for everyone. One guy that seems to be quite romantic with all the lady uh, Elons out there, and we just call him Loverboy because the ladies seem just to swoom around him, all the female Elons. You know? so, very, very cute. Loverboy. <laughs> love that's, that's great. Well, you know, we had the privilege of uh, working with your Paul Mitchell School students for the past couple of uh-huh. years with our annual Hero Dog Awards show and red carpet for America's top canines. We're so grateful for your partnership with that initiative. And that's where we had the pleasure of meeting you in person for the 2012 Hero Dogs. Any special memories from that night, Gabe? Yeah, that was so magical. I mean, to see uh, as lively as can be somebody, let's say over the age of 21, like Betty White, you Mm -hmm. know, buzzing around this industry, happy and excited about everything, to see everyone that was there at that event, on stage, off stage, all there because they're excited about animals, which is nice. It's excited about life that you could help out that may not say thank you, but, boy, they tell you thank you in their own way by licking you or rubbing up against you or just being the best friend in the world. That was a magical night, my God, for everybody there. And the amazing thing is the most popular movie stars there 
all they could do was bark, and those are the few, you know, uh, <laughs> dogs that were there. They could bark, but that was, uh, and none of them did, and none of them did that I can remember. That was oh, the only no. thank you. The stars didn't talk. <laughs> that was really cool. And by the way, you know, our schools, we have about 110 Paul Mitchell uh, hair schools throughout the United States, and part of their curriculum is giving back. Everyone must participate in programs that give back to animals, humans, or the environment. It's part of their curriculum. Well, that makes good I, citizens. That does, and makes it really drives home the message the theme of the radio show is be humane and you're certainly doing that with the next generation oh, yeah. of leaders well, we feel besides being great in the hairdressing industry which obviously our schools teach them how to be the best teach them how to be good human beings and why you should care about humans and animals and nature all combined together we think all schools should do that they don't but they should do it in grade school middle school high school colleges trade schools they should do that everywhere because it makes everyone more loving and when you do things like this and you care about pets and the environment other people, you've just eliminated wars. You just eliminated poverty. Right now, we're working on eliminating the need to euthanize one million pets this year. So, we're, But it works. I, it works. It sure does. It sure does. Where can we learn more about the Million Adoption Campaign? Where will that information so we, be? We will be... There is a website that will be going on. Right now, it's under construction that will be starting. As I say, we're going to be launching in May with Petco, but uh, you'll be hearing more and more about it because we're we're including all rescues and shelters, not just the top, you know, from the from the little uh, rescues and shelters that maybe adopt out uh, 12 or 14 to the uh, larger adoption organizations that adopt out tens of thousands. So everyone will be included in, the, in our campaign to participate, and we will help each and every one of them uh, assist them with finding the retailer to help give them the locations and the traffic to uh, to do the adoptions in a, in a very good way. Make sure our, our pets are, are groomed properly by using John Paul Pet, eye and ear wipes, full body and paw wipes, and the waterless shampoo. Those are the three products we're going to be working with, with the rescues and shelters, so that the pets are groomed and ready to go into a loving home. I'm sure our listeners are getting all excited about this because we're all about saving lives and, and building more humane communities. And you're certainly doing that through this incredibly inspirational initiative. Well, I'm so glad to have you both on today. And I have to, again, thank you, John Paul, for your leadership, your leadership in animal welfare, your leadership in making the world more humane. It's just a pleasure to, and an honor to know you. And I can't thank you enough on behalf of all of our four-legged friends. Thank you. So, you know, that's the greatest reward one could give is when you do something asking nothing in return, but you know you made a difference. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Please give your lovely wife, Eloise, my best wishes as well. I sure will, Doctor. To see you at the Hero Dog Awards this fall. All right. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Have a great day. This is Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert on Pet Life Radio, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. 
In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make life with your pets even better. I know that's hard to believe. It can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Be Humane, Dr. Robin Gansert. So thrilled that you're tuning in today to our wonderful show on Pet Life Radio. You know, American Humane Association knows that in order to understand the world of people, pets, and that inextricable link that we all share, more research, humane research, still needs to be done. That's why in 2011, we launched the innovative Animal Welfare Research Institute, dedicated to the pursuit of more research done on behalf of our beloved animals. And now I'm joined on the line by the founder of this institute and one of my favorite people in the world. Pleased to welcome to Be Humane, the world-renowned veterinarian, Dr. Patricia Olson. Patty, welcome to the show, and how are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you, Dr. Gansert, and thank you for having me. I'm thrilled that you can join us. You know, Patty, you just have such a wealth of expertise on many animal species. And, you know, today I'd love just to glean your insights on America's most popular pet, the cat. Patty, you know, you and I read a lot about what's going on in communities with cats. What are cats facing today? Well, cats are having some challenges. And thanks to American Humane Association, we are trying to address those challenges. When you look at cats overall, and yes, there are more cats in U.S. households than there are dogs. And yet cats get less veterinary care. They have less research dedicated to their own unique disorders and diseases. Wow. And when we look at how they do relative to intake at our national shelters, and then do they find homes? 
they're not doing as well um, in that regard either. So the cats are challenged. And um, again, the Animal Welfare Research Institute has launched what I think are some very interesting projects and are proposing additional projects to meet those challenges. That's wonderful. You know, Patty, lots of people have uh, misconceptions and myths about cats. What are some of those myths that people have and live with? Well, for example, one myth is that, you know, young children may develop asthma or atopy or severe allergies if exposed to cats. And actually, if they're very young children under the age of five and are exposed to cats, it actually may be protective where the risk of some of these disorders in children is less. Now, certainly having said that, there are adults and and older children that have allergies to cats and more so cats than to dogs. But that's a myth. Another myth is that the cat's just fine on its own, you know, almost at that bridge between a wild animal and a domestic animal. And while some cats outdoors can take care of themselves and do a good job, others can't and need to have the protection of a loving forever family as they live, we hope, a good, healthy, happy life indoors with perhaps access to outdoors, but in a way that they're not harmed and they're not harming their environment or other animals. Wow. You know, I know last fall you helped to moderate and lead the first ever Cat Health and Welfare Forum at our inaugural Be Humane Summit. I know it was a two-day dialogue and you brought together some of the leading experts in cats, health and well-being. It was a remarkable two days together. What were some of those outcomes and aha moments regarding our feline friends? Well, basically, we had lots of input, fabulous suggestions. And our action plan, again, tried to focus on two goals. How can we get more cats adopted into loving homes? And then how can we keep them there? How can we retain them? So when these roughly 30 experts came together, giving us information, sharing information, and dialoguing with us, we came out with three action items. One was to consider how do we market cats? You know, it's, it's really interesting. The cats have basically taken over the Internet. So you maybe <laughs> can't take your cat to a dog park and meet people. But, oh, my goodness, just look at the YouTube videos on cats. And the community is coming together around this social media activity to where we can educate and have a humorous dialogue with people and celebrate this species that's quite unique. This cat is not a dog. It's never going to be a dog, but it's a very unique, wonderful animal. Love those cat videos, though, and you're right. They seem to be, like, always trending on YouTube, you know? Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. And then, relative to how might we retain cats in homes, the American Humane Association did a two-part study funded by PetSmart Charities. And what we learned when we tried to find out our dogs and cats in their homes six months following adoption, roughly 10% of the cats are already out of the homes at six months. Two-thirds of that 10% are out of the home in the first two months. So how might we, in those first 60 days, provide help to the new pet owner whereby as that human-animal bond is forming, it can solidify where that animal can stay in the home, and we've provided good resources. So two things, we'd like to provide 
both information, you know, what are the issues that you're facing with the new pet and how can we help you? And then the third action item was to also see how might veterinarians play a significant role. Because if a new pet adopted had had veterinary care, it was much more inclined to have been retained. We have to be a little bit cautious interpreting that because perhaps some people who decided not to keep the pet also decided not to get veterinary care. But we think these are three really exciting possibilities. Marketing the cat for its uniqueness, trying to be sure we give proper educational resources to new owners, and then seeking professional help whereby then that animal may have a better chance of staying in that home for its entire life. Well, those are definitely like powerful aha moments coming out of that dialogue and just truly fascinating. I know as part of those discussions, you oversaw through our Humane Scholars program in very innovative seven-student multidisciplinary study at Texas A&M, where Dean Eleanor Green is the, the head of the veterinary school there. What can be done to help cats? What did those brilliant students come up with? Well, thanks. Dr. Gansard, for for mentioning that, you know, throughout the Animal Welfare Research Institute and American Humane, we believe that when we develop policy or strategies or intervention or whatever our program is, we want it to be scientifically based. Mm -hmm. And we're always encouraging researchers to collaborate among universities, within a university, outside a university, throughout different disciplines. And what we did with this is we said, okay, let's even take it a step further, which is the young professionals. These are the Steve Jobs and Bill Gates of the future. These are the students who may have ideas that some of us can't even begin to comprehend. So what we did is we brought seven professional students together. And that was a medical student, so again, addressing some of the medical myths, a veterinary student. We had someone from psychology, marketing, business, project management, and wildlife. And these students, who had never met each other, developed a 95-page business plan on the wow. cat. And their strategies were amazing. Again, looking at how we market the cat, how we dispel myths, and how we may have a strategy going forward whereby these animals can stay in their homes and have a good, healthy, happy life. You know, what I love about that is it's cross-discipline and really a fine example of meaningful collaboration that these students got together and developed what I think has to be an impressive business plan for the for the cat. Uh, what, what a terrific project, and thanks for leading that, and I hope we can take it to the next steps and get the business plan launched. Uh, I think that could really make a difference for our, our wonderful feline friends, don't you think? Oh, I do. And there's so many things happening right now. Last mm-hmm. week, I was in New York City meeting with concerned experts and people representing corporations and academic institutes on how might we save a million cats and and goodness, kudos to John Paul DeJoyo and Petco for their million pet adoption campaign. Just think of that, where we can get many more pets, dogs, cats, whatever, into homes, whereby then they can provide that tremendous support to their family. And we all know those animals help us tremendously. And we Mm -hmm. can also save lives in the process. And this speaks to American Humane Association's mission advancing the wellness, the welfare, and the well-being for animals and children. And what better partnership than a child and a pet, as we all know. 
You're so, so true. And you know, Patty, I know you have a personal passion for children and animals. And I also know you have a personal passion for a cat that is one of the loves of your life. Tell us a little bit about your special fellow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Henry, Henry is my cat. And he was a cat who strayed into my home and into my heart. He refers to himself, by the way, as King Henry. Of course. He lives with uh, <laughs> two dogs, and he, there's no question, um, King Henry is in charge. <laughs> I have taught him some tricks, which I thought were extremely special until somebody told me that they were very easy tricks to teach a cat, but um, <laughs> he does high five, and uh, he's just an amazingly wonderful animal. And I think Henry has taught me lots of things. I'm not so sure that he would have been a cat that had I gone into a shelter, I might have selected. You know, he kind of was frightened when he first came to live with me, spent the first couple of days under the bed, but has the most delightful personality. He's just a fabulous animal. And so the message to all of the listeners is, gosh, you know, if you're at all interested in a pet, a dog or a cat, seek these wonderful animals out. Ask your animal care and control facilities how you might be able to adopt one and understand that sometimes their personalities will just blossom once they get into your home and you'll just uh, be, be so pleased that you offered them a chance for a good life. I've met King Henry, and he's indeed the king, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, for listeners out there, King Henry will send me notes about why there's not a hero cat contest every year, where, of course, (laughs) King Henry would be the winner, of course, of such a national campaign. Why do we only do the Hero Dog Awards? So tell Henry I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, we have two cats of our own at home, uh, Oprah and Gail, and and they certainly um, are uh, my son's cats. They're such a great example of a child and animal bond. Uh, When Robert comes home from school, Oprah's right there to grill him on how his day was and to give him an update on her day. And uh, it's quite something to see how a a cat can impact a child's life. And it's just so much fun. And Patty, I know that, you know, there's going to be listeners, too, who have that cat who may be frightened, who may be a little scared. You know, I think if listeners can just understand there are intervention strategies to help improve the power of the bond. And do you have any, like, last-minute tips for these folks that are struggling to build that bond with their new cat friend? Yes, I think there's so many resources available. And sometimes what we need to do is perhaps seek that veterinary input. If the cat is frightened or is stressed or distressed, it may not be unusual that it doesn't use its litter box appropriately. But often those issues can be addressed. Sometimes there can be inner cat aggression, especially if the cat is brought into a household with existing cats. But we've got tremendous resources now with animal behaviorists, specialists in my profession, the veterinary profession, that can give advice. Certainly the shelter that you may have adopted the animal from. And and many cats wander into our homes and into our hearts and maybe didn't come to us via a shelter, but still there are tremendous resources. So certainly seek your veterinary care professional. They can provide you with some resources, and there's just a tremendous, tremendous support there. So don't give up, and I think there are um, many, many resources that would be available to help. 
That's wonderful. You know, Patty, February 20th is Love Your Pet Day. How will you be celebrating that very special day? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, as I said, I have three pets. I have Henry, and then I have Alabella, who is a two-year-old yellow lab, a very energetic two-year-old yellow lab. (laughs) And then I have Socrates, and he's 12 and a half, and he's a golden retriever. I think I celebrate every day with them. I miss them when I travel, and I'm happy to see them when I return. They're usually waiting at the door for me when I come back. They're just part of my life and part of my family. As you know, Robin, I have four grandchildren, mm-hmm. two of which are, are living with me right now. And these animals have provided them tremendous support in a transition period where they're living with me for a while, going to school before perhaps they return home. So the animals and, and how they help kids, it's amazing what they can do. And how I celebrate with them is, I think, what I do every day, just giving them, hopefully, lots of love, lots of exercise, good food, and just all kinds of enrichment because they are so important to our entire family. I think that's beautiful. You know, Patty, I want to thank you for being just a leader in the humane movement and a leader in the veterinary space. And uh, thank you for your courage and your vision and importantly for your leadership. Thrilled to have you join us today for our show. And I'm going to ask our listeners to stay tuned for more fascinating studies from the Animal Welfare Research Institute under the leadership of Dr. Patricia Olson. You know, we've just barely begun to scratch the surface today. And I'm sure we'll bring Dr. Olson back soon for more updates on the power of the human-animal bond. But that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank all of my guests for joining me. Of course, John Paul DeJoria, John Capra, and Dr. Patricia Olson. And thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join us next week. And until then, let's remember to always be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.